BJ Council. I view the world through the lens of having been followed by a white clerk as a child while shopping in a five and dime. I'm a retired police executive and own UN50, which gives guidance on surviving interactions with police. I'm Harmony Chavis, and I view the world through the lens of one of the most misunderstood and diverse generations in our nation's history. I'm a social worker and a believer of radical kindness and love as modalities of healing. My name is Andrew Council. I view the world through the lens of a generational camera phone. I wake up as a black male and go to bed as a black male. I am surviving this never-ending court case we commonly call life in the best way I know how. All right, so welcome back to UN50. Uh, for those of you that we are recording out of the Bull City in Durham, North Carolina, and this is the podcast of We Are Allies. And um, UN50, for those of you that may not know, is a business that goes around and helping people learn how to safely interact with law enforcement and, and also helping the community figure out how they can hold their law enforcement accountable and to the service that they're getting from their local agency. And this podcast is made up of uh, colleagues of mine, ex-colleagues and now ex-retired colleagues of mine who are going to help. Today in particular, we're going to be talking about what is it from our experiences and the information that we have to help you figure out what it is that you can do to become involved um, with law enforcement in your community and helping you hold them accountable and what that looks like. Um, so we have uh, Jesse Burwell, um, Assistant Chief, retired, and Terrence Simbley's Deputy Chief, who is also retired, and then my nephew, uh, Andrew Council. So what I'm going to do is just go ahead and get started. So what, what we want to, again, what we want to try to do today, the discussion is how you become involved, what that looks like for you as a community member. Um, and I'm gonna let Jesse Burwell start because his background and he was our fiscal manager. And I forgot, Simone, what did you guys call him? I called him Mr. Cash. What did you guys call him? I forget. I just called him, what was it? The money, just the money, money man. man. Money, money man. Money man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's a money man. Yeah, he took care of all the stuff and, and um he basically helped us in the agency to get what they needed. He understood, he worked there long enough to understand what we needed to, to be an effective and a community policing oriented agency. So he gets that from a budgetary and fiscal manager perspective, which is important because uh, one of the things I was reading several months ago that people have said that everybody's protesting, talking about police reform, but the ugly side of all of that is uh, budget. You, know, you gotta talk money. Uh, before anything else is going to happen. So, Jesse, let's start with you. Uh, from your perspective as a fiscal manager and a guy that, that helped agencies become, well, our agency become really good at doing community-oriented policing, what, what would you offer to community members to, to get involved? Well, the city of Durham always offered uh, citizens the opportunity to participate in the budget process and uh, particularly the police department's budget process. You have uh, as a community member, uh, the right and the opportunity uh, to speak out uh, publicly at uh, city council and budget meetings 
as to you know what you think your police department uh, should have or shouldn't have. So you have that opportunity. Um, and you have that opportunity every year. Uh, I can remember when I was there that uh, we met with each district, one through five, uh, to talk about what the community wanted to see the police department have as far as resources, additional new resources to get the job done. And um, the, the number of people to, came, to come out and speak at, uh, at these meetings is not very large. Right. It's, it's hard yeah. to get uh, people to come out and participate unless they're, it's, it's hard to get them to do that on a regular basis unless they're ticked, really ticked off about something. <laughs> right. uh, and and when, I, when I was there, one of the things that I was responsible for was the police department's community services division. And we had a lot of outreach programs and it was really a small number of people that would come out and participate. So the opportunity is there uh, and maybe we have to do a better job of letting the community, making the community aware of these opportunities, but you have opportunities, um, uh, various opportunities to work with us. And you know, that's, that's what we want. We can't stop. We, we, we got to continue uh, our efforts to uh, make our, improve our relationship with the community and, and build back that trust because I think in the eyes of a lot of minority communities right now, there's a lack of trust because they see a lack of accountability and a lack of transparency um, as far as law enforcement is concerned, whether that's real or not. Uh, it, it depends on who you talk to, but I think there have been so many failures uh, to indict officers and so many acquittals that folk just don't believe that they can get any kind of justice. But the more you participate with uh, law enforcement, you will be better able to understand uh, why it is that we do some of the things that we we do, and you'll begin to build back that trust with more familiarity with, with law enforcement. So, so Jesse, let me, the, I wanna go back to the part about you, we, you know, you guys went out to the five districts or I guess, is that what I heard you say? You would, you would go out to the five districts? Yeah. So, so how, how could we improve on that? Cause it's always about, you know, like you said, we, we all see the same people at the same meeting. That's, <laughs> all the right. same community members are always at the same meeting and it usually doesn't go any further than that. So, you know, if you were to offer suggestions <clears throat> to community members, what could they ask of their local agency to make that piece? Because I think if I heard you correctly, if they come to the meetings, they kind of get some sense of how law enforcement operates and maybe even yeah. can, can yes. figure out what that what you know that we are actually being held accountable, but it's kind of under that budgetary piece. How how would 
if it's not convenient, you know, you think that if by them coming and then them voicing their opinions about, you know, that's not convenient for me to come at that time. It would be convenient for me to come at this time. You know, they they community members have that they have that power. You think that would would help some of that? Yeah, I think that would help some of that. But, you know, the community leaders, you know, the, the leaders, there are community leaders in each district. Right. And, you know, it would be incumbent upon them to tell us how we could get more people to participate. I mean, we've tried everything that we know to right. do. Right. And, you know, you have the same people all of the time. Mm -hmm. And in order to increase that, you know, I would say we're open to suggestions. Right. And, right. and that, those suggestions need to come from the people that know their communities. Right, right. And I, and I, and, you know, and I know I was looking at Terrence shake his head. I mean, it really is the same folks at the same meeting all oh, the time, all the, at the same time. And, and so they know, but not the broad, broader part of the, the community or, or, or that. But the thing is that we want people to understand that, that most law enforcement agencies are, want you to come to the meeting and hear. Mm -hmm. They, you know, it's the budget is public and we more than willing to have you hear that. And for those communities that, that that's not happening in, we're we're suggesting to you to go to City Hall or whoever and say, when you have these meetings about your budget, we want to be a part of that. I mean, most people know that budget hearings are public, but specifically, you know, can the police department come and talk to us about that stuff? So, yeah, it's just trying to meet people where they are. And that's that's kind of difficult. Yeah. So what do you think? Chief Terrence, um, I agree a hundred percent. And to to, I don't know if you're ready or not to move away from just the budget part. Yeah, yeah, no, go all ahead. Of, all of this is kind of inclusive. Yeah. Um, every everything that that Jesse just said, as it pertains to the budget process, pertains to community involvement in the police department in general. Right. Um. What people need to do is when I say people, the citizens of Durham is to educate themselves on how city government works as a whole, right. um, <laughs> in, in, including the police department. And, and my, you know, my, my example is if, if you want let's go to complaints. <laughs> if you want to <laughs> have a complaint or something like that, understand the process right. and, um, Right. You know, more comes out of following a process and anything that you do than it does from just uh, being loud sometimes. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. The, the, the police department in particular, there, there are several things that the community can do to get involved. And, you know, I'll say this coming from the law enforcement side, um, community policing in, in my eyes, coming from the law enforcement side is missing the community piece. Right. Um, we, need, we need more involvement in the community piece of community policing. Um, a, a lot of times police departments, they, they wanna, well, people in general, the citizens, the community, mm -hmm. the, the go government, they wanna start programs and the programs end up being dropped in the laps of the police department, right. managed 
being managed by the police department when it should be managed by the citizens. Exactly. Right? Yes, um, yes. So, so things as simple as, simple as um, come to a citizen's police academy. That way you learn about how the police department works in all aspects. So, so they have citizens police academies all the time. And it's, it's, a, it's a very good program. Um, yes. Go to a PAC meeting. <laughs> they have them in all five districts. Go to the PAC meeting. Um, go to community events. We, the, the, like Jesse was saying earlier, the police department sponsors a whole lot of stuff in the community um, policing division. You know, they've got camps, all, all types of programs. Mm -hmm. But when I hear sometimes, it's disheartening to hear sometimes um, some of our community leaders say, we need more programs. <laughs> and, and, and I've had a discussion with several um, <laughs> in private meet, you know, in, in meetings, yeah. you know, meet with the chief and this, that, and this and that. And it all yeah. out you need more programs. And my response is usually something to the effect of if if you as a community member can put more butts in these seats of the programs we do have, yeah, we for more programs. But yeah. why do you need ten programs and it's two or three people, if that, in each program? So we ha we have to work on that, and that's that's really something that needs to come from. Um, the community, we, we will go to some of the housing communities for monthly meetings, but nothing's in place to make the, the membership or the residents come to the meeting. So when, you, when, you, when you're sponsoring yeah. a meeting for a specific area, for the residents in a specific area and the residents don't come out, but you have you know, people from your various city and county departments that are there to answer questions and you you went out and you got snacks and you got this and you got that, but no one is participating. So we're missing the community part. I'm not gonna say missing, we need to improve the community yes. part of community policing, but it's, 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 it's something that's easy to get involved in. It's a place to voice your opinions and even in the, PAC meetings, as you know, BJ, because you know you've always supported your local PAC. Um, a lot of issues that the community have are not don't even involve the police or the police department. Yeah, exactly. So you know exactly. there there are a lot of complaints that they have that don't even involve the police department, but there are people from all aspects of city government and county government that are there to answer these questions. But you get the same core group. Yes. So I'll say all that to say this for uh, a solution. <laughs> keep bringing up problems without solutions. Yeah. Um, every community group, and, and Durham has a lot of them. Yes. If they would just appoint someone within their group to go to certain meetings, that, I mean, you know, you just decide, just like we were in the police department. Yeah. You were assigned to go to this, you were assigned to go to that. Assign people from your um, various groups to attend meetings and then bring back, bring to and from what you learned in the meeting. Take your message there, bring a message back. But that, yeah. would, that, would, that would be great if we can get somebody from all the groups to attend a PAC meeting. 
mm-hmm. someone from all the groups to to join the um, Citizens Police Academy because you, you know if you're going to go somewhere and complain or do whatever you're going to do, you want to go with as much information as you can. You don't want to base it on just what you hear on the news or or what your next door neighbor said. No, no, for get your facts together and then go do whatever it is you need to do. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that. I love that idea. <laughs> that, that, I love that. I, I mean, that just makes perfect sense because you're right. Durham has got a lot of organizations and if they were just to send them because it, yeah, for, to that particular PAC meeting. And for those of you that uh, not from Durham, that's called Partners Against Crime. Uh, it's a community policing um, philosophy and organization that the Durham Police Department started back in the 80s. I believe it was the 80s. Um, under, I think, Jackie McNeil and also another friend of ours, Steve Chalmers, who was early on the podcast. Um, and you're right, early on when they started that, one of the policing was number five, I think Steve says, when we went in and asked community members what was their, what were their concerns, you know, recreation, housing, you know, those types of things. But the policing issues were fifth, I think he said, fifth or sixth. It wasn't number one, was the bottom line. It, it, and, and so, the thing is, I think in your wherever your community is, in order to find out about what your law enforcement agency is doing is contact them. They will know a lot of these meetings. And then that in turn, if they if they're working collectively with city, that was the other thing that was unique for Durham. I think we ended up bringing representatives from city government departments came to these partners against crime meetings. So you had access to code enforcement. So you could say, I got a neighbor that's got two cars standing on bricks in my neighborhood. Uh, I know that's not right. Can you do something about it? And those issues were addressed. Mm-hmm. So yeah, we could get people to kind of come to these meetings and voice your concerns. And then, like you said, that kind of helps take some of the sticky of law enforcement because we don't do all some of the stuff that they, they want us to do that doesn't really rest with us. So mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. And then understanding the budget, you know, how that actually works, you know, in relationships to accountability. You know, we have X amount of dollars that we need to do stuff. And for those that, you know, maybe joining us for the first time, uh, we did a a mock defund the police because people talking about that. You got to understand that the budget, what do you say, Jess, is 95, 96% is is, uh, salary and benefits? Yes, it's about 90% salaries and benefits and about 10% operating. Yeah. And so people, and that's the information you would learn when you come to these, these meetings. Um, and then, you know, there, but some people don't want to be at the table, guys. That's right. You know, the, the, you, Sarah, you said, you know, you're being loud, but you, you're not at the table. You don't, for whatever reason, you won't sit down with us. Right. We got, we got, we all got to be at the table. That's right. That's we all got to be at the table. So, Andrew, you got anything? Any comments? Any? Um, I was thinking about something that, that you were mentioning about just becoming aware and educating yourself. I think when the question about what can citizens do, I think just being aware um, and educating themselves about, like you said, the different facets that go into policing just in general so that they can know and understand who to go to when they have a problem and how to go about it. Um, like you said, um, they don't, I've, I've heard in different spaces or seen myself um, about people complaining about problems, but don't want to sit at the table to actually enforce 
the the solution like like you mentioned a lot of people like to say a lot of problems but don't like to give solutions and i think that's something that would be important in the future so what would you do i know you've just moved or you're moving to a new little town so do you plan on getting involved how, how would you begin to figure out your role in making a difference in in the community that you're about to move into yeah, that's a good question. I think something that I was thinking when you were talking um, a little bit earlier was um, like I don't have a background in law enforcement at all, like y'all um, y'all do. So I guess like my facet would be working with people my age um, and understanding that we're the ones who will have to grow up um, in this um, future that you all are living in or that we're trying to build for us um, in the future. So I guess understanding about what future do we want to have on um, what we want policing to look like in the future for us, um, because I, I'm what's the word I want to use? We, I guess my generation can sometimes be, um, as we see, very poignant and, and aggressive in, in a way, but I don't like to use the word aggressive because sometimes it can have a negative connotation, but the way that we handled some of the um, the protests that happened um, last year, I use the word aggressive, but I think it was it was positively aggressive in a way because I think it, it achieved a lot of things um, and we pulled from a lot of a variety of different other protests that were happened in the past before we were ever born or even thought of really. So I think just being able to understand um, what place my generation has in regard to building the future that we want. Yeah, I think so. Je Jesse, do you have anything else? To... In, in, order for, in order for the relationship between law enforcement and the community to get back to where it was, people have got to come to the table and start a dialogue because you're not going to resolve anything unless you have adequate participation. And so um, both sides have got to figure out how to get more people to the table. And because uh, it's really law enforcement it goes without saying that you got to have law enforcement. If you don't have law enforcement, you have uh, you have lawlessness, and and law enforcement to me is more successful when you have the community's trust, cooperation, and the community is working with you in partnership. So we kind of both, in a sense, uh, need each other and need cooperation so that you know, we can have the best uh, community possible as far as being you know, crime-free. And, and we, and uh, please help uh, the communities resolve other, uh, other uh, issues that improve the, you know, uh, improve living for the community. So, you know, we, we got to figure out that how to get more people to the table. And really, that would be more on the community to help figure that out. Mm -hmm. uh, because I think we've have tried pretty hard for all the years that I was at the police department, and you still just had a small core group of folk that would come to the programs that we had, had and that would come to the meetings that we had related to law enforcement, and that needs to improve going forward. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Terrence, you got anything on that? Um, 
Yeah, I, I'll, I'll say to Andrew, you know, your background, you don't have a law enforcement background, but you, you have a background in humanity. And that that says a lot when it's time to go out to wherever it is that you're going <laughs> and, and getting involved. You know, people people have to want to respect and 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 be, um, treat each other fairly and things like that. that that's where it begins. Um, going back to some of the things and bringing people to the table, you have to come to the table with an open mind. You, you can have your agenda, but like I said, if you come what I call unloaded, unloaded means with, with, without due re yeah. research, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. If you come unloaded and you, and, you, and you hear something that you didn't think about, it might need to change um, your agenda a little bit. Yeah. You know, I, I, I would like to see the Durham community think, um, why can't Durham be the model? The right. model city in all aspects. There are things going on all over the world, you know, but we've got to take care of our house first. We've got to improve our, our house um, before we can improve the neighborhood, before we can improve the <laughs> city. You know what I mean? Yeah. We've got to start right here. And, and yeah. people, people have their 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 ways and, and they have their ideas and that's all well and fine, but it needs to come together to fix Durham, not mm -hmm. Texas or not Raleigh or not Ferguson or anything like that. And, and, and we deal with everyone's problems are unique to where they are. Exactly. That's very yeah. important. Yeah. Yeah, yep. we need to yep. our issues, you know, mm -hmm. yep. defund the police however anyone wants to um, define it has to be defined how it would work best for Durham. Right. Yeah. Before we can go out on how it's going to work somewhere else. Exactly. And, and I think, I don't know whether we've talked about it before, because I, I am of the opinion that police reform is, is going to happen at the local level and it's going to happen at the street level. You know, because I also believe that how officers interact is, is going to set the tone for how they view your local agency. And they got to be, be at the table for that. So, yeah, that, that's a very, very local kind of mm -hmm. thing that it's got to be because some communities might be, we, we like it the way it is and 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 we might look at that community and say oh that's kind of messed up but for that community if that's if that's how they roll that's just how they roll and and, and that's and that's okay right but but you got to make sure it for those if that's what you want you got to be involved with that in, in at least my opinion you, you, you need to be involved with that and i think I, one of the, the position that i was going to be taking a little bit was you also got to vote <laughs> <laughs> you, you know, you, all, you also got to vote because, you know, you, Terrence, you were talking about having uh, a representative from all the organizations, but then you also got to participate in the process to have that voice that you're saying is speaking for you. And, and then maybe you don't have to go to these meetings because now you have an official that supposedly is voting uh, or at least is, is believing in the same things that you, whatever that is. I'm not, you know, I'm not trying to choose the aisles. I'm just saying, so if that's what you want, you gotta, you gotta participate in the process. Absolutely. You gotta participate in a process. Um, though, and I've been looking at the, uh, you know, all these, the Kerner Commission mm -hmm. that we're all familiar with, the Watts, uh, 
uh, riot all the way back up to 1919. I've just been doing a little bit of research just to kind of, because some other stuff is, is going on. I'm just kind of trying to familiar, familiarize myself with these things. And, and what it comes down to is these commissions who are done by elected officials, right? They're, you know, the president, the mayor, the all these commissions are by elected officials from 1919, you know, up to Kerner and then whatever. And they all had the same DNA, housing, discrimination, joblessness, medical, you know, and, and police brutality. From 1919, these commissions identified and the same thing in all these commissions, all the way. And the politicians that were in charge, some of them just put the stuff aside. One of them didn't even report it. Some got some some newspaper had to actually bring it to light. So when you so I guess for me when I look at that and the stuff that we're talking about, you got to be involved. And you, and and the bottom line is you really do have to you do have to participate in the in the voting process to get people in place. Because if people had been in place, we we know black folks weren't voting then. <laughs> so they recognize we, we're talking commissions that were full of white males who said out loud that we were responsible for the, the way black bodies and their experience were, but yet did not do anything after they commit had these commissions stand up. So so that to me paints this. We got to put folks in there that who are going to do a commission and then follow up on those policies and procedures. I mean, it, it's I don't know when I when I look at that, it's it just just lets us know, lets me know, just validates that we got to vote. We got to be we got to participate in this process Absolutely. for your community. You do you got to. Absolutely. Yeah, and and it's it, it's just mind boggling. I think as I'm reading some of this stuff as to how they were just so, yeah, this is the reason, you know, white folks are, they were even one said, you know, white people were responsible for the racism, you know, and, and, and the disparaging of black bodies. But when it came to implementing the things they said, those elected officials did not do that, even though they created the commissions. <laughs> so, and, and, and that's not like, uh, uh, that's not a that's not a, a study from a college. That's not a RTI study. Those are elected officials who made these commissions and then turned around and did not do what their commissions they stood up said needed to be done since 1919. Yeah, and we're talking about the same thing, Terrence. We're still talking about joblessness, living yeah. wages, medical. Uh, we're talking from 1919. We're still talking about it. Man. We're still talking about it because the rules still keep changing, <laughs> even though they, they, they set a standard that they don't want to follow. If you think about it, most of the organizations and clubs and anything else um, that people are a part of fail a lot of times because they're not following their own rules. You can't yeah. put rules and regulations together and then break them yourself. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you know, and Andrew, you're talking about what you guys, your your generation, I mean, you're probably looking at our generation and y'all screwed up, you know, but if you look at the history, it's been doing that. So it's like, how do you guys get involved in electing the folks that are going to do the work? That's already been, the history already says we already know what happened, what's wrong. And how, how are you guys, how are you guys going to do that? I mean, what, what is it going to take? What you guys are going to be the ones that are going to have to 
hold people's feet to the fire. And I guess that's why you're protesting. <laughs> yeah, I think I'm not, well, I'm not, I'm not trying to be the spokesperson for, you know. All I know, teams. but I'm just saying, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, um, <laughs> I think we do, I would say for the majority, we do a good job of holding um, those who we put in office accountable for the things that they made the choices for. Um, so I think, I know when I was in college, there was a lot of work done to make sure that we were um, registered to vote and that we were educated on who we're voting for. Because before, actually, before I got to, I think my, my senior year in college, I never really researched um, the actual people who I was voting for. It was either you voted for the party that you abided by. Um, you didn't really look into actually what they believed in, which I think is interesting. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think, you know, I think the main thing that I want listeners to take away is that, you know, you got to get involved, you know, do some research to see where your police department is having community meetings, no matter how large or small you are, they're having community meetings, and they have their own programs, and, and they'll let you let you know, or uh, there's usually somebody in city government who does public affairs or community work, and you can find out how to get involved. But it, it's going to take it takes a little bit of time. But I really like Terrence's idea. If there are organizations in your community, identify or rotate that <laughs> that somebody goes to these meetings so they can bring them back to you and do that. I, 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 that's an excellent idea. I mean, that would just yeah share share the responsibility throughout the organization just to go to these meetings, the ones that you especially budget meetings, mm-hmm. you know, and and and. You know, like Jesse was talking about, you know, you get to find out what the police department is spending their money on, but also you get to figure out, so the parks and rec, you know, they got a building over here that's not open because they don't have staff. So, you know, you can now put input in that. Okay, well, we need to put money on that. And so that way the kids in that community have somewhere to go besides possibly, you know, just hanging out on a corner or you're not saying they're doing anything bad, but at least gives them a safe space to be. And that's the power that you have as a community member, because you are saying we want this, this want this parks and rec place open. But that's only going to be open if you if what do you uh, what did you say? Terrence, loud voices, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You scream loud enough. Yeah. 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 And that works, too. I mean, that doesn't it? I mean, I, I, I mean, I know it works. I mean, I remember it working when people start getting loud. City government's like, oh, uh, <laughs> they start. Right. Hearing. You know, but I say about that, though, you're right. Well, if, if it does, if, if it doesn't do anything else, it gets attention. Yep. <laughs> it might not get your results, but it's going to get attention. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. And they're going to and they're going to remember you. And, and sometimes things are done. Sometimes definitely things are done. I mean, I think people also need to understand that sometimes the budget is just not, I mean, they're doing all they can do based on what the budget is, because then you start getting into, well, we might have to raise your taxes. You know, yeah. then, it, then it starts getting complicated. You know, <laughs> so you want us to staff five of these places. Well, we might have to add a penny or a half a cent onto your property tax or whatever that looks like. So people have to kind of weigh, you know, what what's 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 important to them. But I think the main thing that I wanted to kind of get over the night and try to help people, you got to get involved. You got to be, you got to you got to talk. You got to figure out what it is that you want, how you want the, your local agency to deliver service to your community, not Durham, but you know your wherever your community lies. Yeah, Jesse, you got anything else as far as you know budget and and what well, you know if. 
would it be reasonable just to tell people to look at their city government and just kind of find out when are those public meetings are occurring? The, the budget office sends that meeting, sends those, that meeting information out. Like they know who the community leaders are in your PACs. When they set up these meetings with the PACs, they let the PAC leaders know when, the, when these budget meetings are in each of the five districts. Mm -hmm. And then it's responsible for that PAC leadership to get that out to their membership. Mm -hmm. And just traditionally, when I was there, uh, just a whole lot of people just didn't show up. You had a core group in each PAC district that would show up. And uh, in a lot of meetings, you would probably have more government officials there, local yep. government officials there than the community. Yeah. And that, that's the way it was. And, and, I, and I know everybody um, that participates in the budget process as far as, you know, uh, 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 being part of the city is concerned would like to see more input uh, from the communities and not just the few. Yeah, that's true. Um, and I want to just talk about real quick, Terrence, on uh, recruiting of Black bodies in this moment. Uh, I was listening to, uh, well, I was down in a small, in, down in Kinston talking to some folks down there. And I, I don't know why, I'm glad I was sitting down, like they're 21 and 22 year olds are, are lining up, you know, Andrew, I mean, they're, they're coming into the law enforcement. And one of the things that's, that's missing are seasoned officers you know mm -hmm. one of the things they were saying just, you know you and I were out there and we were trained by obviously our senior person but then there were a bunch of other senior officers seasoned officers that kind of you know kind of guided us along but that just isn't that's not today um your sergeants are probably what less than 10 years five years seven years some of them mm -hmm. and then your recruiting officers are probably less than five years and they're recruiting folks so that so um, before, before you answer what, what I was telling them, the bottom line is that people like Andrew and ages is they grew up with Trayvon Martin. Mm -hmm. And so they're now being police officers, which instead of looking at it as we can't recruit anybody, I think those young folks who are now becoming police officers is the next generation. Mm -hmm. Because if, if they still want to be a police officer after, from the moment of Trayvon Martin and, and all the stuff that happened since him and they're now still wanting to be a police officer. That to me says a lot about them because that means they really understand they want to try to make a difference. I don't know how you feel about that, but I was like, let's stop looking at it as we can't recruit them, but look at the ones that are coming in because they were raised in this moment and they mm -hmm. still want to put on that uniform. I can't mm -hmm. say I would, but I'm just saying, I think that's just interesting and we need to give them their kudos for that because that's, that's pretty huge. Yeah. I, I agree, and I give them kudos as well. And it's funny we're talking about this because I'm helping a young lady um, from NCCU. She's you know work, getting ready to graduate, and you know they have to do this and have to do whatever they're doing in college now. <laughs> you so you so old now, you all know, right? <laughs> well, I was helping her and you know answering some of her questions um, and. It is, it is about law enforcement. So she emailed the other day just asking, um, 
some of the same things we're talking about, about what are the problems within the Durham Police Department and other departments in recruiting and is um, the um, generation generational gaps part of the problem. So yes. helping her out with that. And th they were very good questions. Um, I, I don't, one of them was, does, does Durham Police Department or other departments I know have um, racial issues going on within the department? Right. So, you know, I was answering those questions, but um, I, I, I like the fact that we do. I, I'm, I'm surprised that with what's going on that people are coming into law enforcement, um, yeah. particularly um, people of color. Yeah. But it's, good, it's good to see. But the main reason I say that is because I think a, a, a lot of it, we, the ones that are coming want to serve. Right. Right. It's, it's in their heart to serve. Yes. Because yes. we all know everybody that wants to come and be a police officer, it's not for everybody. Right. So that's, yes. where, that's where it starts. You have to have the heart to serve. The recruiting issue um, is an issue. Everybody is trying to recruit from the same barrel of recruits. And that's all over the country. We yeah. really don't. We, we really don't care. But one thing that, that's going to happen, what I mean by we don't care is you can be in Raleigh and you can be in Los Angeles. We're, we're, we're all just trying to recruit people who are applying to be police officers. Yeah, exactly. Um, the recruiting issue we can talk about all day long. Um, um, it, it all comes down, a, a lot of it comes down to money. A lot of it comes down to money. Now, it's funny that we are the three from the Durham Police Department be because we were all working in that recruiting at different levels. I remember when I was a recruiter and, you know, Jesse's always been the money man. And then you were basically in charge of that whole unit at the time because I worked for Forbes. Mm -hmm. um, it's, it's difficult and Jesse, I think we'll remember this when when you're waiting for city, the city council or city hall, the city manager, you're ready to start a, a, a um, academy in a month and they still don't haven't told you how many people you can hire. Right. So then here we are, you know, down to the last minute and they're saying you could put 40 people in an academy. And <laughs> us to put 40 people in an academy, we only have three weeks to try to identify them. Right. onboard them, hire them, and send them to the academy, you know, in a three-week to a month period. So that's one of our, our big issues. Um, I would just like for um, people to understand part of the process and part of wanting to help your community, especially if you're in your local community, join the police department, be part of the change. One big issue and, and, and BJ, you probably just missed it or were on the, was on the end of it, we're going through this general generational problem where the old heads, um, people don't like change. Right. So the younger folks such <laughs> as Andrew to come into a police department now, this will be all they know. Mm. The older folk like myself, I wasn't good with all this technology. Right. I joined right. the police department and I know when BJ, <laughs> BJ <laughs> yeah. 
He didn't have computers. Uh-uh. Well, it was excited to have a bag phone in the car, but yeah. go ahead. <laughs> you opened up, you literally opened a map book to try mm-hmm. to figure out where you were going yep. by doing your finger like this, trying mm-hmm. to follow a map. Yeah. But now you, you have the, I think it's harder on the older officers because they are training younger officers and there's such a divide there. <laughs> There is such a divide in especially technology. Right. And um, the, the younger generation wants something. They want it right now. <laughs> they don't want to go through a lot to get it now, but yeah. they want it right now. Yeah. Old, old school folk, when we, we will see a, a transformation once some of the older folks are out and the younger people are actually that understand each other are um, running this department, but we yes. have to remember that when we're trying to recruit. We need to look at who we're sending out to recruit. Mm. You don't wow. just let somebody do well on the test and go send them right. to um, represent your department. Yeah. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. And, um, yeah. The game has to change. Military doesn't even do the things the way they used to do it. Yes, yeah. Yeah. But when when you and I I remember having this conversation with Jesse, when when you have a an academy, just like anything, if you see a number of people fell in a certain part, you need to find out what's going on in that part. Yeah. You don't have to just keep doing it. Yes. And yeah. I'm not saying lower your standard. Right. But what I am saying is time for the standards to start changing. There you go. There you go. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. What do you say, Jess? I mean, that 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 makes perfect sense. Um, and I was talking to somebody the other day because I had a minor accident. And I saw and the guy, luckily, the guy that came up was somebody that I, I knew. I mean, it's, it's getting hard for me to know anybody on the street anymore. Yeah. Um, yeah. And uh, he was just talking about, you know, j- just what you just mainly what I was saying earlier about veteran season officer talking to some of these young folks on how to interact with folks. I mean, that's just something that's, that, that's missing. Um, and, you know, who, who do we really need to continue to recruit for military? You know, maybe we need to go find a person that's good at customer service. You know, the, pro- the, the person that knows how to problem solve, you know, I mean, constantly going to the, to the, to the military to get your officers, uh, which, you know, I get not saying that there are good folks to come, but you may need to change that up. That's because this is a different world now. We're not, you know, we're trained to, to expect the worst, but we don't, but that's not who we're dealing with all the time. Yeah, but you yeah. know, but let, let me comment on, I agree with you hundred percent, but in the recruiting world, you don't have the, the luxury of dismissing any group. Yeah, yeah, that's true, that's true. My, yeah. My point, my point was, let's say you do, you want to hire this guy. He, let's say he is military. Right. So it's going to be, I'm going to say the word difficult, but I really don't mean it that way. To recruit people from the military, for example, that don't have tattoos. Right. Yeah. But your policy says you can't have any tattoos. Right. You got to change it. Yeah. Like, Exactly. Yeah, you got to change that. Yes. That has to change. Yes. If it's not vulgar. Yes. You know, I, I, and I want to say if it's not offending anybody, but everything offends somebody now. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> exactly. If it's not vulgar and offensive, yeah. 
change your policy. You exactly. see more and more departments are starting to let officers wear beards now. Yeah. Yes. It, may not, it may not come here, but you don't you don't overlook and probably an excellent candidate because they have tattoos and don't want to wear a sleeve to cover them up. Right. Exactly. Exactly. That's what I mean by things have to change. Yes. Yes. They they've got to evolve. But it's a it's a it's a different day. Um, yeah. I I, I want to go back to the young lady that you are and I I've I've heard people when you say you know she wanted to know whether or not there's a racial. St- I don't know how you answered that, but um, I can tell you. <laughs> but I, let me put my two cents on that because I, I I I've heard that before. It's like how do you how do you it's like you know at some point I mean how do you know that when you're working at the, at the bank and the guy in the next cubicle, you know right. I mean that's just you know you don't have to put your legs up on this table you know because he doesn't mean spreadsheet. You know, as long as that stuff doesn't pop up at work, because, I mean, you and I both know some folks, right, that we work with. Right. I, you know, once I leave, bye, that's it. You know what I'm saying? But would go in behind or with him to, to go to a call, because I just need you to do your job. So, you know, people get hung up on that because, you know, you pull into service stations and get your car done. <laughs> you know, you just need the best person to get the job done. You know, as long as that stuff doesn't pop up. So, I, I mean, so, yeah, I don't know how you answer that. But folks can't get too, you know, because I, I have found out a lot about some ex-colleagues after they left the agency that I did not know. Um, that that would have been, if I had known then, would have been offensive. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they did. They needed a job. Look, races need jobs, too. <laughs> they got a mortgage to pay. So right. they understand how to just keep the head down and get that check. Uh, right. And, 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 and my answer was kind of on the lines of we don't have the issues that are in the news. Right. You know what I'm saying? We, we yeah. don't have we don't the Durham and I only spoke on the Durham Police Department. Yeah. Although I did say I don't think we have the issues of a lot of other departments have had that have been in the news because of those issues. But mm-hmm. I did, did say it ended it with. Um, there's always room for improvement. There's always room for improvement. And okay. yeah, and you and you never and you never know, right? You know, yeah. but but I think I don't know, you know, you and Jesse might be that, but folks that come to Durham to be a police officer, they kind of know Durham. You know, if you if you come into work here, you know our politics and and how, you know, it's kind of a left-leaning community. <laughs> so you kind of yeah. you know, need when you step in here and you're gonna be the police, you kind of need to understand the the politics in this this particular community and and what is is tolerated and or not tolerated as uh, mm-hmm. how the service is going to be so yeah so Jesse any anything closing on the recruiting piece I mean I think I think you know thanks Terrence on on your input because that's cool well we we've got to be flexible going forward recruiting yeah. because yeah. for little for things that aren't that big of a deal you can't afford to lose good candidates. Right, You right. can just can't afford to do it because, you know, the pool of qualified applicants are not, it's not growing. Right. And you got the same number of law enforcement agencies competing for that shrinking pool. Yeah. So as long as you don't lower your standards to accept any and everybody, but you want to get every candidate that appears to be a good candidate, you know, you want to give them an opportunity. So you've got to look at some of your hiring policies 
yeah. and change those or revise those that have become outdated. Exactly. Uh, I was t- I was talking to somebody whose brother was in was up north somewhere, and he was in part of recruiting, and they couldn't hire. Uh, Quite a few, you know, the black applicants were kind of falling to the wayside. And when he got in the position, he looked at it, had to do with credit. And, mm-hmm. you know, if you, you, you're a good person, but you work in and you work in at minimum wage and, you know, your credit probably raggedy, you know, yes. and um, but you're a good person. You just can't. And so bottom line is he changed that. And once he changed that, the increase of influx of uh, black folks, you know, becoming candidates increased mm-hmm. because that was the only thing that was keeping them out was the credit, your credit was messed up but there was nothing yeah. else it was just you know they working at mcdonald's you know it, you know no, no with all due respect to people working mcdonald's but if they're if they're trying to do what they got to do sometimes their, their credit was ragged it's, Not, yeah, that's, it's, hard. it's yeah. hard minimal yeah minimal wage yeah your, your credit's probably going to be kind of tore up from the floor up possibly so anyway so yeah so thank you i i, I appreciate you guys input the bottom line we kind of got off on that recruiting piece because i you know, one of the things not that doesn't necessarily mean that having a black officer, that things are going to be better in, in policing. It just means it's a good career. It's a good profession. Um, and uh, I would encourage because some not everybody wants to go to college. And then hopefully the, the other thing I was reading somewhere else, too, about do like the military, you know, offer to pay for degrees, you know, to degree. And you can't you know, if you want to start going up the chain, you know, at least you got to get an associate's degree to be a corporal or a sergeant, you know, anything higher than that, you need a four-year degree. But, you know, just to come in the door, get in the door and then start, you know, re- you know making it more that they want to stay. So just the folks that are listening, you know, anybody, it's it's a good profession. And, and like Terrence said, if you know folks that are doing it and want to do it and are good in the community and service, that's who we need. That's who we need. Um, it's about customer service and stuff like that. Cause it's just, it's barely 1% of doing the, the stuff that you see on TV, the panic and 99% of what we do is sitting around and, and solving social problems. We're not dealing with violent issues or homicide or rapists and stuff like that. We're really dealing with our citizens who just for every now and then are having a crisis and we need somebody that's empathetic to that. So if you know folks, Send them to the local police department. That's right. So, Andrew, I know this has kind of been a, you hadn't really been involved, but you got anything so we can close it out? Um, I'm trying to think something that, that could be applicable to what you just said. Um, I guess like building relationships with police is something that has been, uh, I guess, like walking on ice for my generation of people um, <laughs> below, below 30, because I guess they're they're unsure of, you don't, you don't, you can't look at a police officer and tell if they're going to be a nice person. Um, you can't you know. look at anybody to tell that though. Right. I agree with that. <laughs> um, yeah. I think that just being able to understand the humanity that's behind the badge. Yeah. Um, something that I yeah. think would be beneficial for, um, for my generation or just humans in general. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So uh, Jesse, got anything last parting words? No, I think it's I think it's pretty much all been said. Okay. Um, yeah. All right. Well, thanks, Jess. Yeah. What about you, Terrence? <laughs> Just to follow up on what you said about you know even asking people to join this profession, especially local people. Mm-hmm. Um, some of the best police officers I've ever worked with were people who were from this city. Yeah, that's right. They got they got the most respect. 
They had street credit. They they just they yep. they went through the same training we had and they loved it. So mm -hmm. I would I'm like you, I would recommend local folks to join your local police departments. Yes. Yes. Yeah, definitely. Cool. All right. Well, thanks again, everybody, for joining us. Thanks, Terrence. Thanks, Jesse, for, for joining us again on uh, We Are Allies. Uh, so hopefully, uh, folks, if you're listening, that you're going to get involved with uh, your local agency and find out what, you know, the budgets and stuff. Like I said, it, it's kind of like not the fun stuff for police reform, but it's the part that, that can make the difference of a change. And then as we end it, you know, just talking about the recruiting, what that looks like. And uh, if you know somebody that has the heart to serve, because we can't train that, as, to as uh, Tony Godwin said on the last podcast, we cannot. You come to the job with heart, because we can't. We can't give you that. Uh, and if you know people that just have that, send them to your local agency. So thanks, guys. We really appreciate it. And as always, stay safe, stay well, peace. <laughs>